Hi, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday Live with Dr. Nancy. Um, very excited to be here today. I was actually had a really, really long weekend since I'm off on Fridays now. My weekend was very long, so I was very anxious to get back to work today. So very happy to have with us Terry. It's Manrique, right? Manrique. Manrique. Okay. She is coming to us from Columbus, Ohio. So um, she has a really great topic that I think that is um, important to hear. And since we're dealing, um, talking to parents, um, this is a perfect opportunity to learn some tricks um, dealing with your children. So I'm gonna let Terry introduce herself and then um, tell us a little bit about what she does. Welcome, Terry. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for having me on here. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I have uh, 25 years of experience working with families and children. Um, my background's early education, a minor in child psychology. Um, I have started I started my own business eight years ago which is working with parents and what we do um, if you are in the central Ohio area or Chicagoland area what we do is one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching for families who are dealing with children who are having misbehavior so um, we're kind of that company that's filling the gap for a lot of families that are out there who are being referred to earlier intervention or behavior specialists but they're being um, declined because there is no diagnosis for that child, which is a good thing, which is a very good thing, right? So right. for me, that's a positive, right? For me, that's a red flag that it's not necessarily the child then. It's the, my red flag is that it's the parent and how the parent is parenting that child. Um, so we do, sometimes we do quick, um, one of the things that we do is we, we I'm an author of two books as well. Um, one is um, Revive Your Parenting. And then the second one is Change Perspective, um, Improve Your parenting and through our first book we developed a cpr philosophy which we do things with compassion patience and respect so through that book we help parents evaluate and assess their child's behavior um, and to give them more of an insight like is this the red flag that it's me or is there something really going on with my child and sometimes I think that the evaluation can be pretty simple as far as if you see that your child is having these behaviors, um, misbehaviors outside of the home and it's, you know, you know, you're having your child's just having a hard time dealing with transitions, with independent skills, um, having meltdowns after meltdowns. And you hear other parents and teachers or family members saying, yes, I'm having the same issues. Um, this I'm seeing those same things. And we know that there's there's something else going on. Now we know that there is a red flag that is does have to do with your child. And these are things that they're not necessarily capable of handling and doing themselves. Um, and they do need some additional support. But when you do hear from other parents or teachers or you know other resources out there saying you know no we have a great time when your child's at our house they're very good we really don't see these behaviors and you know parents are like well they're not like that with me in my home then we know that the red flag is more you but that's great that's okay um and that's where our company comes in because now we can give you all the tools that you need as a parent to be able to change those behaviors around and to kind of change what you're doing as a parent to break those bad habits and it's not like um, you're a bad parent, right? It's nope. just, yeah. It's just don't, doing... You don't know what you don't know sometimes. Yes, right. And sometimes we think that the more we do for our child, the better it's going to be. But children, that's not how they function. That's not how they can succeed. That's why children who are... So I primarily work with families from zero to eight years old. I work with all ages, but that's my focus because we know that 
that's the foundation. Zero to five is the foundation of setting up your child for success, right? We want to make sure that we lay down the groundwork early on, creating positive habits so that when they get into their middle school, high school years, we've already developed that early on. So we don't have to go through so many challenges when they're in their adolescent years, right? Because they will go through that again, right? They yeah. go through it the first five years and then they'll go through it again through middle school and high school when they're going through puberty and all of this stuff, right? So they'll go through those second that second phase of tantrums, but it's not as bad because we've laid the foundation so early on with our children of creating independence, of setting set rules, having boundaries, having expectations, following through, good communication skills, time management skills. So there's so much more in parenting at the first five years. I don't think parents really understand. They just kind of see the surface level, which is, you know, have your manners, um, not even really, not anymore being independent. Like, let me help you dress yourself. It's always, let me dress you, you know, instead of you need to dress yourself, you know, at this age, you should start dressing yourself. So achieving constant milestones early on at home, a lot of parents, especially parents who are at home with their kids who don't have uh, them in daycare or in preschool, they're still doing so much for them. And that kind of sometimes triggers children because it's, we're holding them back. And I don't think parents realize the, how essential it is for parents, for children to thrive and conquer. Um, and when we do everything for them and we do too much for them, we are starting to develop a different kind of a child right there now because that's why they do so well in the school settings yeah. because we do very little as teachers right we we delegate we have expectations we have boundaries we have rules and they know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen um and when it's home there's kind of more of a free-for-all mm -hmm. kids don't like free-for-alls <laughs> kids have to have boundaries and when that's so when i work with families i usually tell them if your child is screaming for change because there's not enough, you're not challenging them enough. And children who are challenging need to be challenged in a positive manner. And so that's what we need to start doing is giving those children more skill sets, life skill sets that really take a huge difference in how their behavior is. Because the more we can push them outside their comfort zone, the, the better they feel about themselves, the, their self-esteem grows, their independent skills grow, um, and they just feel... Uh, much more equipped to deal with other others challenges so with what you do do you offer the parents some ideas of these skills that they can do yeah so one of the things that parents a lot of parents do and I think the so there is a difference between repeating and reminding right so we get into that phase of repeating 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 a child to ask for someone we our parent is asking for a child to do something they repeat, they repeat, they repeat. And that's how we end up becoming yellers, right? Because we're so fed up of hearing our voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, go put your backpack away. Joey, I told you to put your backpack away. Joey, you didn't put your backpack away. Joey, you're not putting your backpack away, <laughs> right? So they get so angry because one, they're really fed up with hearing themselves, repeating themselves over and over, right? But the thing is, the first thing that parents miss is what we call the rule of three. You set the expectation. You set the consequence, you follow through, right? Kids need clear um, communications. They have to have clear communication skills, right? And, and a lot of times parents don't realize how important communication skills are for children. Yeah. 
Um, so it's very, you have to really set that expectation early on. When we, you know, let for a simple example, you're pulling into the driveway, you're going into your garage. Okay, guys, when we go inside, I need you to put your backpack away, put your shoes away, and hang up your coat. You have, let's say you have more than three kids. They're all going to run in, and I bet you maybe one or two will do it, but there's that one child or two that just throw everything on the floor and we're on off, right? It's not, an, it's not that they're being dismissive. It's not that they're being disrespectful. It's just because they have other things in their mind. They have another game plan. And sometimes it's repetitiveness, repetitiveness, where you as a parent just have to do the reminding, not the repeating. So then that's where parents kind of either, A, the child relies on the parent to not say anything, but pick up the backpack and put the coat away and put the shoes where they belong. So now the child has developed their own technique, right? They've developed their own strategy to say, okay, well, she really didn't come to me to do it. She's doing it for me. So I'm going to do that again tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? So that's yeah. just a habit that they've developed. It's, un- it's an unspoken rule that really happened, right? So the parent may think, okay, I'll just pick it up because the other two did it. But now you are creating this new pattern and your child is knowing this unconsciously. They're knowing this. They see that it's working for them because <laughs> kids are very selfish and they know how to manipulate, but not in a bad way. They just, it's, it is all about them, right? right? What works for me. And when they can figure out what works for them to get what they want, they're going to do it again and again and again. So as a parent who has that child who do, who does those kinds of things, they need to go up to that child, make the eye contact and say, Joey, when we were in the car, I asked you to hang up your coat, put your backpack away and put your shoes away. And you didn't do that. You can't continue doing anything else until you go, you do that. And you either walk your child back to where they are, or you sit right there in that room and say, we're not doing anything else until you do what I asked you to do. And then you wait and you be patient. And that's where our CPR philosophy comes in, which is compassion, patience, and respect, where you can be very compassionate to the child and say, I know you want to do other things. I get it. I understand that. But however, this is what I asked you to do. So I will sit here. That's where the patient comes in Mm -hmm. and wait for you until you're ready to understand that. So this kind of philosophy can be used in so many other areas, but parents want things done so fast and we're very impatient and we really don't give the child to process what needs to happen. And we just expect them to do it when we tell them. But some kids learn, you know, all kids learn differently. And it's also part of their personality type. You'll know that that one child that does put everything away is because they're probably, that's their, within their personality. That's in their DNA. They, they like to be tidy. They don't, they want to keep things organized or the other child, they could care less. That's not their priority. So it's going to take that child a little bit longer to develop positive habits. So that's how, you know, and sometimes we'll go into where a child, you know, a parent starts yelling at that child or they put that child into a timeout and then that child falls down, breaks, you know, has this tantrum. But yet sometimes parents, that's why one, two, three doesn't work or the timeouts because eventually a parent gets fed up and they just want the crying to stop and they tell the child to, okay, we're done. That's it. And then the, parent still does the work for them Mm -hmm. so we're still not breaking any bad habits we're still not teaching the child to change any patterns so that's what we do is really give parents tools of how do we break bad habits how do we how do we teach you new tools and skills that you can use to replace with what you're doing now to actually get the outcome you want 
And I always tell parents, if you see something you don't like, you should always address it. You know, sometimes parents are like, pick your battles, you know. Well, there really shouldn't be any battles to pick because it should be a simple thing. You know, I need you to do X, Y, Z. Can you please do that? Or, you know, and sometimes you don't say, you know, can you? Because your child's going to say no, yeah. right? Sometimes you just have to say it's not a choice. Joey, I need you to please pick up your backpack. It's not a choice, right? And so parents are very, sometimes very delicate, are um, not very assertive with what you want. And you can be assertive and still be kind. Mm-hmm. Very, very much. You can still do both things. And that's where that compassion is, where you can still have the authority, but still be compassionate about how you deliver. Right. And you don't have to have that. You don't have to elevate yourself to get to this level of where you're screaming and yelling. And then you feel guilty because you you made them cry. And now you're upset because you you, you felt like you were a parent at that time and you just want to reverse it. You don't have to go there. And that doesn't have to be your first step. Your first step can be that, listen, I understand this is not something you want to do. I understand that, the, that this is a consequence that you had and you chose not to listen to the consequence and you chose to make the decision you did, but that's okay. We'll get through it. We'll walk you through this and tomorrow's another day. You have another chance tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's where parents have to understand. We learn from our mistakes that every human being, no matter how old you are, whether you're one or 81, you're always going to learn from your mistakes. You don't learn from your mistakes if you don't have them, right? So we parents sometimes tend to not want to allow our children to have mistakes or fall on their face, right? We want to cushion everything. We want to make sure we protect them over everything. But that's not giving them the tools that they need to learn early on. And that's why consequences are so important, setting that the rule of three, set the expectations, set the consequence, follow through. And consequences, I think it's very hard for parents to understand. Like I have so many parents who say, I don't know how, what's the proper consequence. I think parents over, they've overanalyzed what consequences are, right? Consequences doesn't have to be a punishment. It's a, it's a way for a child to learn from their mistakes, Right. So you can easily have a child say, I need you to say that again. That's the consequence. Or I need you to do that again. Like, let's say you ask a child, I need you to, can you please pass me X, Y, Z? And they just throw it to you. Right. They just, here you go. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry. Can you please do that again? And you teach the child, what is the correct way to do that? How do we actually pass something to another human being, right? Because, and and, and those are little minor things, but I don't think parents realize that it's those kinds of actions that they teach, that they do within, within their, within siblings. And then they lose that respect within siblings. Well, and that's when you kind of like, then you do the pushing and then it comes to the hitting, right? So Mm -hmm. it's those little steps that make a big difference of how we, what's proper communication. Right. Because that's not how we communicate with each other. That's not how we handle each other. That's not how we deal with each other. So you have to teach your child. No, no, no. That's not how you do that. Let's do that again. Can you please pass it to me kindly? Can you please put it in my hand? Please walk over to me and give it to me. You know, and they don't kids don't know this. Right. This is how they're learning. But if a parent doesn't say something, then the child thinks, oh, it's okay for me to do that next time. So every time you do see something that your child's doing. It's not nitpicking, it's training and teaching, right? So yes, you should actually address your child of a behavior. And there's so many times you see parents, and when I work with parents, I could see them thinking to themselves, like, should I say something? 
like, do I, do I address that problem? And I all ask them when I'm in the home with them, I'm like, were you just thinking something? They're like, yeah, listen to that voice, right? You have to have confidence in yourself and listen to that inner voice that's telling you, am I doing this right? You probably are. You are. And if, if you're telling yourself, should I say something? Yes, you should say something. Should I let that go? Was it that bad? If you're questioning yourself, yes, you should say something. Yes, you should address it. Mm -hmm. It's when you have those little voices inside your head to tell you, I'm not sure if I really like that behavior. Should I say something? You have to count on that voice because it does matter. You're that, that, that's what, you know, sometimes I think parents are so hard on themselves and they're constantly looking for approval from others. You have this innate ability to do that. But sometimes we just feel like we're not doing our job correctly. That's what that intuition is for. Mm-hmm. So make sure, you know, as a parent, make sure you, you you utilize that and don't question yourself. And most of the time, you're right. That behavior was actually not so great. And you actually should say something. But not just say something, but teach your child what you want instead. So you want to train them on a regular basis what is good behavior, not just say please or thank you, but a little bit beyond that, right? And then giving the kids a lot of independent skills, a lot of kids who want their, who are home and who are needy and want the parent, want the parent, want the parent, and the parent feels guilty because they've been at work for so long and they're like, but I have to cook dinner and I have to do all these things. That's okay. Bring them in. Bring them into your circle. Have them help you wash the tomatoes. Have them help you cut up the, shred the lettuce. Have have them help you do minor little tasks at home because all they need is 10 to 15 minutes of your time and you giving them some skill sets that is going to fulfill them and feel like, oh, wow, I can do this. I didn't know I can do this. This is great. And plus now, especially for those who are dealing with picky eaters, Parents who bring them in into the dinner preparation of prepping meals, I will guarantee you, your child's going to be more likely to try new things because they were involved in the process and they took pride in that process. So most likely they're going to taste what they made because they were right there in there. So I think that's another thing I want parents to understand. Bring your kids to you if they are in the room and they have something going on, and let's say they have laundry to do, bring your child in. Why don't you help me start sorting? Help me put the socks with the socks, the underwear with the underwear, the tops, sorting in those manners. They'll do it for 10, 15 minutes, and that's all they need. Then they can go off and play. But bring them in and start delegating, having your kids start doing more, because I don't think parents are having their kids do enough. Here's what I want parents to understand. You have to raise your child now so that they can be prepared to leave when they're in college. And a lot of parents don't realize how important it is. And the sooner you start delegating this and doing this at an early age between two and five years old, and you start kind of doing this on a regular basis, by the time they're in their middle school age, they're going to be helping you with so much that you even didn't even realize they can be doing. You, they're going to be doing their own clothes. They're going to be learning how to pack in their own lunches. They're going to be cooking. They're going to be doing so many things. And these are life skill sets that children need. That That's why right now we have so many kids in the college environment who are highly depressed, who are not functioning well. And the p- professors are thinking, are saying these kids are intelligent, but they have no life skill sets. Why? Because parents are doing everything for these children and these children are falling apart. It's like if I told an adult, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you to another country and I want to see how you survive. 
you don't tell me that parent's going to have high anxiety because they had no time to train to be in that new country, learning the language, understanding the currency, any of that. Of course, anybody's going to fall into that trap. Any parent, any human being that is being replaced into an environment that they're not familiar with as far as not having those skill sets to get to be able to be independent, to be able to survive, slightly survive, that's where parents have to understand. Your job is to teach your child to be able to survive when I'm not here without me around when you go into those environments. Because as long as they have those skill sets, they're going to do fine. They're going to thrive because they're secure within themselves. You don't have that security and you're not teaching your children that those security skills and, and those life skills, life is going to be much, much harder. And I think parents are starting to realize, not realize how important that is because yeah. I think we're starting to get away from that, to be honest with you. There's, you know, we're losing that, that skill, that's trait, so to speak, right? It's everything's in our, in the palm of our hands at a push of the button that's not real life <laughs> you know it's interesting because i have a 15 year old daughter daughter and um i've taught told her through her whole life i go you're in training <laughs> you're in training until you're 18 yeah and i kind of use that as my you know when i'm telling her to do something then she doesn't want to do it i'm like this is just me training you <laughs> yes yeah. When yeah. you're 18, you're on your own. But yeah. right now, yeah. until you're 18, you're in training. So I got to tell you what to do. Right, right. And, so. and you know, and, and the thing is that kids, you know, and there's times, you know, well, I have three kids, right? And, you know, my 16 year old, I would still have to remind her, hey, I need you to unload the dishes. Yeah. I need you to do X, Y, Z. They're not going to just do this on their own. No. And that's where that reminding comes in. Your job as a parent will never end as far as reminding your children what they need to do. Yeah. But what you want is a cooperative child. Yeah. That's what you want. You want a child who is cooperative with you and who can say, okay, mom, you know, after I'm finished with my homework, I'll do it. Now you do have once in a while, you'll have those kids who say, okay, mom, I'll do it later. And then we realize later never comes. Right. right? So at that point, then you have to say, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but unfortunately later never comes. So you have to do this right now yeah. until you start earning my trust that when you say you're going to do it later, that you actually are going to do it later. So until then, I need you to do it right now. Tomorrow we can try it again. And I can see if you did do it after you told me you were going to do it. But if you did it, the next time I ask you for something, you'll have to do it right now. Yeah. So that's how you start to kind of give your child that opportunity to say, I'm going to earn your, we have to, we have to earn each other's trust, right? right. That's where I tell parents, you also have to earn credibility. You right. have to start meaning what you say and say what you mean all the time, because there's a lot of parents who are so, so inconsistent. They're not consistent with what they want and they're confusing our children, especially five and under tremendously because their job is to cross the line, right? Yeah. That's what they're intended to do. That's what they're supposed to do. They're exploring their world. And if a parent doesn't set that tone of having that credibility and saying what you mean and mean what you say all the time and being consistent with your rules, then you're confusing your children and your children will never know really what your rules are because you're not consistent based on how you feel that day. And I think there's a lot of parents who are parenting on based on how they feel for that day. On the day that they feel really good, they're going to implement all their rules. And they're going to be, you know, and that's where you're going to start to see the, some of the bad behaviors. Because the child's like, well, you didn't expect this from me yesterday. Why are you expecting this from me now? I'm going to give it, you a tantrum even more because I don't want to do it. And I know that I can rely on you to say, oh, forget it. This is too much work. 
right. it's not worth it. Right. So children know and have a pretty good strategy of how to how to control and manipulate the environment based because they know that parents are not consistent with what they want and they're constantly changing how they want a parent based on how they feel that day. Right. So if there's anything that if you want to do anything when it comes to changing behaviors, first and foremost, it's that you have to stay consistent. And I'm sure there's a lot of parents who are watching this who are very educated, who've read lots of books, blogs, you know, watch videos. And I will guarantee anything you've ever watched that has to do with parenting, they, every single article, every single book, they will say how consistency is the number one rule. And there is a reason for that. And if your children cannot rely on you being consistent, they're going to continue crossing the line and they're going to continue pushing your button because you're not being consistent with them. So they're going to continue doing what works for them. And that's not, that's not going to break any bad habits. That's not going to improve any behaviors. So that's where parents have to start learning to be a little bit more consistent. Is it hard work? Absolutely. No doubt about it. But you have to be disciplined. If you want to make any changes at all, whether it's weight loss, being on a budget, being a good parent, being a, you know, whatever, you have to be disciplined to do it. That's true. You have to be. Otherwise, you'll never get any results. Yeah. And like I tell parents, parenting is like weight loss. You know, every pound matters. Every pound matters. And we want to lose the weight right now. And yeah. it's not going to happen. It's going to be one pound at a time. But you have to be consistent and you have to be disciplined with your diet and with your workout. And is it hard work? It's such a simple thing to do, right? We know there's only two things to do, really, to lose weight. Eat healthy, work out. Two yeah. things. But yet it's so hard to do. Right. Right? So right. the same thing is with parenting. You know, it is hard to do, but it can be done. You just have to learn how to communicate correctly and have those proper tools. Um, and when you have those proper tools, things can change dramatically, dramatically. Because I do, you know, and, and the reason I do this is because I feel a lot of children are being, they're just going through so much challenges, emotional challenges, and parents don't know how to help them get through those challenges. Mm-hmm. And when we can start teaching parents how to help your child get through those emotional tantrums and meltdowns and learn how to self-soothe and self-regulate, it can change their, the, di- the dynamics overall for that child because now that child's going to learn those essential sc- skills of how to learn how to self-control themselves when they go through these moments. And when they learn how to do that early on, that's a skill set that's going to stay with them for the rest of their life. And that's an important, I think, for me as, as, a, as a teacher and as a parent myself and as a parent coach, that is some, a skill that I think every parent should learn how to do to help their child get through those emotional breakdowns because it's, that's why they go through it is because they don't know how to go through it. They don't mm-hmm. know how to deal with it. So that's why the timeouts don't work because it's like, oh, they have them sit there for two minutes if they're two years old. Have them sit there for three minutes if they're three years old. You know what? Sometimes we need more than two minutes. Sometimes we need more than five minutes. Maybe we need a half hour. Maybe we need an hour for us to get through, for your child to get through this emotional meltdown that they're going through. But you have to allow that child to start it and finish it completely until they finally have all that negative energy out of their body. And when that negative energy is out of their body, then they can make positive decisions and good choices and restart all over again. 
but we don't realize that we don't give the child the time to go through that because we think, oh my gosh, they've been, you know, sitting here for 20 minutes and they're still not over it. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. They have to get through those emotions in order for them to feel the transition of being at a regular state to a high state to a calm state again. So, um, I have your website up. It's um, in case people are listening on the podcast, it's, uh, workingwithparents.com. Um, on your website, um, do you have your books listed that you wrote? Yes, yes, okay. yeah, yeah. And then um, you had told me before we went live that you're going to be doing an online course. Is that yes. right? Yes. So, so we are currently, uh, well, so if anybody's interested in the online courses, we're asking everyone to go ahead and join our email list. Um, and then we'll go ahead and start, we will be doing a promotion for when we, before we launch anybody who is on our, um, online, who is on our newsletters uh, on our list, we'll go ahead and give them a special promotion before we actually launch to the public. Um, so if you are interested in online courses and we, it's an extensive course, it's, it's, there are at least, uh, 18 sessions and each session has at least, um, five, uh, five or six videos attached to each module. So, and, and we really break things down so that you understand what's going on behind the scenes of your child and why they're doing what they're doing and what you're doing to actually cause the problem as well. So we really actually start with the parent first. What happens to you if you don't have consistency in your life? How do you manage through life? What are the emotions that come out of you? So if you're relying on your alarm to go off every day at 6.30 because you have to be out the door by 7, and if you miss being out the door by 7 by 5, 10 minutes, you may be stuck in traffic for another half hour, 45 minutes because those 10 minutes can make a big difference. So what happens to the rest of your day? Or what happens to you right then and there, the moment you realize, oh, shoot, I'm really late. What are all the emotions that trigger you because of that consistency that you rely on on a regular basis? So if that alarm does not go off, which is something that you're relying on, what are the emotions that are going to trigger you? And that is the same kind of emotions that trigger our children. That's why I have the, I, that's the, where, that's where we come from in our first, when we do our courses, we come from behind the scenes. When you change your perspective, you definitely are going to change the way you're parenting because if it's hitting you hard and you realize how it's going to affect your life, you're more likely to change the way you do things with your child because now you see it through the lenses of yourself. Yeah. Great analogies. You're really good at that. <laughs> Thank you. And that's what we do. That's what the courses are for. We give a lot of those examples. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been, even though I have not been in those parents' homes, I have been in their homes. Yeah. Because what we do is a three-day intensive. So I'm with families for three consecutive days for four hours each night from usually 4.30 to 9 or 10 o'clock at night. So I'm during the witching hours, we call them, right? That's where everybody falls apart. That's where everybody's having tantrums. That's where everybody's losing their you know, yeah. they're losing it, right? Including the adults. They're having their adult moments, their adult yeah. tantrums, right? So I have been in those homes. I know what happens on a regular basis. So all those tools I'm able to bring into our online courses, but I'm also, we also have some footage from a client that I worked with. So we'll have those videos behind the scenes as well. So we'll be able to have, your parents will be able to have that, um, 
the, the visual that they need of a parent and a child of what they're going through and what that looks like, what that tantrum looks like, what that. So we, we do something called a cooperating technique. We don't do one, two, three, and we don't do timeouts. We do a cooperating technique. And so one of the footages that we, one of the footage that we have from behind the scenes is we walk through that. And I break it down even more for the parents. So even though I'm not there with you physically, you'll be able to have that visual to actually see what this looks like. So because I think a lot of parents, if you don't see it, you kind of still are questioning it because it's like, I don't know, is this what it's supposed to look like? You know, this doesn't look right. This doesn't sound right. This doesn't feel right. But most likely it is right. But it's sometimes it's doing the hard work that we have to get through first. It's kind of like breaking a wild horse sometimes, right? We have to let we have to go through some things before we can actually get through where we have to get through, right? Exactly. And that's where when we are retraining the child, retraining the parent, and retraining everyone's brain, uh, and starting all over again, then we know how to get from point A to point B a little bit smoother without going through, you know, the the entire thing. Right. Well, Terry, thank you so much for coming on with me today. The information has been astounding. Um, thank you. I think every parent, if you're going to plan on getting pregnant, if you're pregnant, you know, I think you need to really start working on this before the baby comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I like I tell parents, you know, you just need to be more proactive instead of reactive. Right. And if you can do things prior, you know, because, again, a lot of times I'll tell parents, what, what, what do you think will happen next? They'll say, well, this is going to happen next, X, Y, and Z. And I said, okay, so we already know what's going to happen. Why are we allowing it to happen? Mm-hmm. Right. Why, are not, why are we not being more proactive to set the child up for success right. instead of failure? Right. And it's not intentional, right? We know parents don't want to set them up for failure. We know that. But we're not giving them the skills yet to set them up for success. Right. So that's where we come from is that we want to make sure that we give the parents the skills that they need to always set your child up for success. Because the more your child can be successful, the happier your child's going to be, the happier you're going to be, and the more advanced your child's going to get instead of holding your child back. And we're not intentionally holding our kids back. We know that, right? right. But unconsciously we are because we don't realize how, it, how important it is to do less for them and let them do more for themselves right well thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it and if anybody um has questions well your contact information will be in the comments um again the website is workingwithparents.com and i highly suggest you get on her list and um since we're in indiana get on the list for when the course comes out sounds like great information so thanks again terry for coming i really appreciate it thank you so much i appreciate it thanks